the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. Talk 920 and FM 96.5 KVEC presents the Pismo Beach Today Show. If it's happening in Pismo Beach, it's on Pismo Beach Today. Now, here's your host, Anita Schauer. Oh my gosh, it's Sunday. Good afternoon and welcome to the Pismo Beach Today Show. My name is Anita Schauer and I am your desired radio personality. Today's guest, Susan Funk, candidate for 5th District Supervisor, San Luis Obispo County Board of Supervisors. Please stay tuned. What we want to do right now is briefly thank the sponsors of this show. Dr. Electric, Robert Robert, because your electrical health is his main concern. Miss Etiquette, teaching manners to children and interested adults. Diamond Jewelry and Loan with Bobby's spectacular location in Santa Maria, California. Go in the store and look at all the beautiful bicycles, big screen televisions, all kinds of musical instruments, jewelry, Apple AirPods, air compressors, sculpture paintings, Xbox One games. Location Millard, East Main, Santa Maria. Remember, they are closed Sundays and Mondays. Phone 805 314 2028. Jim Dritzis of Dritzis and Company for all of your tax needs and tax and accounting questions. Bruce Van Vork of Finn's Seafood Restaurant on the beach at the end of Grand Avenue, Grover Beach. I want to thank Bruce for always hosting and sponsoring and supporting the Five Cities Homeless Coalition. Remember, the Five Cities Homeless Coalition golf tournament will be next month, and we'll give you that date and time. And we also want to thank Bruce for his fine staff, his great food, and always terrific music. Dr. Dan Kopp of the Kopp Dental Group with Dr. Dan Kopp, Dr. Mike Roberts, and Dr. Alina True, 543-5321. Phone 543-5321. And I give Dr. Dan Kopp my highest rating for 2024, $500 555 billion, 555 million, and nonstop super gajillion. And thank you very much for my beautiful smile. Truly. Pismo Dice of Pat McCann, wonderfully delicious wines available to you at California Fresh and Costa de Auto Wine Tasting Room in Santa Maria. And if you want some of the Pismo Dice products, please get in touch with Pat. By email, that would be pismopat805 at aol.com. That's pismopat805 at aol.com. Limited items left. They're going into a rebranding campaign, and we'll tell you all about that when we know about that. Okay. We love that Pismo Dice wine. Sarah Body Shop, Grover Beach on beautiful South 4th Street. These professionals are all you need for the care of your vehicle, car, or truck. Even uh, take a motorhome in there. They will give you a courtesy estimate on your vehicle's repair. 
They have a van that will take you to and fro, fro and to. And this is a special hello to Mike and Butch and Johnny. 481-3855 is the number. 481-3855. Go in there and see them. A Royal Granny Home and Garden, where you will find Miss Terry keeping things in order, along with Clayton. 1578 West Branch Street, Royal Grande. Phone 805-779-3080. 779-3080. And remember, they have everything for your garden, the deck, the yard, the flowers. And they have lawn and patio furniture as well. And we thank and welcome always Doug McMillan and his three fine restaurants as sponsors. Rose's Restaurante, Ada's Fish House, and Vista at the north end of Price Street on the water side. Dining is inside all three restaurants. Call for other information and questions. 773-0551. 7730551 you might want to call and find out if reservations are in order. Roxy Buchanan of the Natural Toolbox at the Pismo Outlets opens 10 o'clock daily. doTERRA essential oils are available to you in there. Roxy knows all about those. 170 some artisans in there with their goods for you to look over and to purchase. Do that. And we welcome Couts' Chevron on 13th at West Grand Avenue, Grover Beach. Remember, they have everything you can imagine for the beach. They have food. They have snacks. They have water. They have soft drinks. They have ice cream machines. That is so cool. They have hot dogs already ready for you. Go in there and see everybody. They're wonderful. Automated car washes out in the back. Just get an extra ticket after you buy your gasolina. You have your car washed. Elizabeth Head Insurance Services and her Farmer's Insurance Office on West Grand Avenue, 9th Street, Grover Beach. For all your insurance questions, call Elizabeth Head, 805-481-5324. 481-5324. And Brenda Auer, wonderful human being and a Cracker Jack realtor in our area. She'll help you find that perfect piece of property. On the Central Coast. And remember, she's a lover of the sea. S-E-A. 805-801-6694. 805-801-6694. And the office is located in the heart of the village of Arroyo Grande. And Splash Cafe. Remember to go online while you're waiting in line. At Splash Downtown Pismo Beach. Have things delivered to your home, world-famous cakes, baked goods, spices. You want to do that. Joanne would love for you to do that, and so would Ross. Do it. Grocery outlet in Royal Grande, California with Haley and Michael Testa. Remember to visit and shop grocery outlet first, first with best prices, even on orchids. Best selections. Surprise items, beautiful plants, wonderful wine selection brought to you by Jeff, who's in charge of keeping all of that in order. And remember, the Testas live right here in the Five Cities community, and they're wonderful community supporters. Kevin, 76 Station on Five Cities Drive, Pismo Beach. Full service for your vehicle. 
nicest people on earth work there. Please stop by and say hello. Make an appointment to have your vehicle inspected and serviced. And remember, have them look at your tires. Muy importante. Kristen Becker, certified divorce coach. We welcome. With a divorce, where do you want to be and how do you want to get there? That's Those are the questions. Find Kristen, certified divorce coach, who will provide you with the guidance and compassion through this difficult time in your life. And she'll clear the way for healing and financial independence for you and your children. Kristen at divorcecoach.com. Thank you. Activity guide out for winter and spring. Any questions whatsoever? Call Colleen. She's the crackerjack over there at the city. 773-7063. 773-7063. Tell you all about the parks, too. All about classes. Pismo Beach City Council meetings. First and third Tuesdays of every month. Next meeting is Tuesday, February 20th. Get there at 5 o'clock in the evening and get yourself a ringside seat. It's a lot of fun. You learn a lot. Pismo Preserve is open except when it rains. Therefore, because of what we had in the way of weather recently, you might want to call the Land Conservancy and find out when it's going to be open or if it's open for just certain hours right now. 805 5449096 Airstreams are still on the pier they didn't get blown away one is a visitor center brought to you by the city of Pismo Beach go over there and ask those lovely people some questions about Pismo Beach beach wheelchairs when there's no wind i'm certain you can Rent them free of charge for three-hour increments. Call the Sandcastle Inn on the beach and find out if that's doable right now. 805-773-2422. 805-773-2422. And thank you to all the volunteers who descend upon the pier plaza, except when the wind is blowing, to keep everything nice and clean. They do that Sunday mornings at 8 a.m., Welcome any more volunteers. Just be down there and look for Lisa. No smoking Pismo Beach. No smoking at the outlets. No vaping. If you have to sneak a smoke, what do they say at Public Works? Take your butts with you. Let's see what's going on here. Pismo Beach Chamber just had their installation and appreciation dinner. So go to their website and find out what they have planned for February and March. And that'll take care of the first quarter, believe it or not, of this year. Whew, that's fast. Grover City Grange, next pancake breakfast, 8 a.m. on March. What date is that on March? Is it the 3rd? March 3rd. 8 o'clock, South 13th Street, 8 to 11. San Luis Symphony, next symphony, March 2nd, 7 o'clock at night. Tickets available online through the pack. Clark Center. Mm, what is this one now? This is going to be a fun one. This is fun. Ready? This is called Mardi Gras Mambo, February 9th, 7.30 p.m., one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people are going to be on the stage with the biggest tuba I've ever seen in my life. Okay.
tickets online. That's what I have to tell you. Oh, Girl Scout cookies. Gosh, the Girl Scouts are out there selling their cookies. Come on, buy them. Buy two or three uh, dozen. Help them out. This is how they learn about how much fun it is to be in business in, in the United States. All different varieties. You'll be happy that you did this. You'll be happy to help. Thank you. And uh, here we go. There's my pal, Susan Funk. <laughs> fun, isn't it? <laughs> it's great, Anita. I'm just delighted to be here with you and, and with all your listeners. Oh, well, thank you very much. We want you to introduce in five sentences, tell people what you've done in the past to get to where you are right now. Well, I have, have uh, owned a business for 30 years. I'm doing management consulting and healthcare. I am a council member, a mother, um, and a business owner. Um, and you were just talking about Girl Scout cookies. Yes. I grew up as a Girl Scout in Kansas. You know, and, and learning those values, like leave the campsite better where you than where you found it. You know. Oh, that's but, terrific! <laughs> you were a scout. That is so impressive. Yeah, all of those experiences grounded me in you know what in how we build a good community together, and that's motivated me as I've been now a member of the Atascadero City Council for five years, currently as Mayor Pro Tem, and my work as a council member. Uh, in trying to address countywide problems that my city couldn't solve alone um, has prompted me to see the needs of the county and to run for county supervisor. This is a wonderful opportunity, isn't it? It is. And it's a wonderful time, isn't it? It's a very interesting time. You know, we that's, have yeah, it's a challenging time. There's an ancient Chinese curse. May you live in interesting times. Okay, so you know we work with the partisanship and and the challenges that of people seeing the world in very different ways, and yet it's also a time when I've seen the value of leadership that can bring people together to solve problems. I've worked very actively on that countywide, um, and was able to get, for example, get uh, all the cities and the county working together in a plan on homelessness and get something that all five county supervisors could agree on. And at least we have a pathway forward and we're starting to drive some results, some of which you're seeing right there in uh, Grover Beach and, and Pismo with new housing uh, right. being opening up real soon, right? Next month, I think you've got uh, some units that for of uh, affordable housing open right. up. Correct. And the, uh, and not only do you have the cabins for change there in in Grover, but the um, new uh, Balikai, I'm going to mispronounce that, Balikai uh, project on Barca uh, that's going to be opening up uh, probably next month, right? They're moving very rapidly on it. We hope it'll be it'll be finished next month. And then, of course, there's a new warming center that's that uh, is going to I I did see some people working in there the other night. I don't know how far along they've gone, but, and I know that you listened to the conversation we, we had with Jana Nichols. So I know that you are up to date on this homelessness issue. Well, I chair the county or I have for three years chaired the homeless services oversight council, which it, which works with all areas of the county and all the different providers. So I've worked closely with Jana Nichols on that. And then she and I were also 
part of the steering committee that I chaired to develop the new countywide strategy on homelessness. So we were you know, hand in glove for, for several months there working on solutions that we could get our whole county to work to come together on. So is that initiative something a lay person could read and make sense out of? Yeah, you can see it on the, uh, the website. Uh, the easiest thing is to Google HSOC uh, San Luis Obispo, the Homeless Services Oversight Council. Um, but Googling almost anything on the county site to get into the homelessness plan, you can see um, with that, the whole plan laid out. But in a nutshell, uh, it says we've got to have more housing that people with low incomes can, can be sustained in, integrated with services to get them ready for that housing and to uh, address needs and help them stay successful in that housing. That's right. That, you know, including mental health and, and addiction recovery services, uh, as well as casework and, and a variety of things that people need when they've been particularly homeless for a while. And you've got to have that, that organized systematically through data uh, so that we can have both efficiency and accountability. Um, and those that the providers out there um, talking to people uh, in the field can immediately have some access to what are the potential resources available for this person and how can I get them quick, more quickly connected in one interaction. That new system is going uh, live in about a month. So that, excited that's with, what uh, you and yeah. Jana worked on and who else was on that, may I ask? So on the, the, the steering committee for the plan, uh, the two of us, the police chief from Grover Beach, because I insisted that we have law enforcement in that conversation. Uh, Brenda Mack, who had lived experience of homelessness, and Robin uh, from County Behavioral Health. Yes. Um, the uh, Kelsey Nockett, who was the city of San Luis Obispo's homeless coordinator at the time. Um, and Scott Collins, who at the time was city manager of Morro Bay, uh, who um, has since moved to be head of Heslo. That's right. The housing authority of San Luis Obispo, which is busy constructing some of the housing that we need and renovating some of the housing that we need for uh, the folks that we're going to bring out of homelessness and get them out of the creeks, out of the parks, out of the riverbeds and into housing where they can become the neighbors that we want them to be. Moving people out of where they're comfortable, even though it may not seem comfortable to us, how are we going to do that? Are we going to have a transit van? Are we going to have the five cities homeless coalition in their vehicles, get them out of the riverbed? And what if they don't want to move? Well, the key is not just to move them for, for a day, but to, to help them come back into the house community permanently so that they're not, not staying in a lifestyle of being um, <clears throat> just living outdoors. Or, and certainly not nearly so many folks. And the way that works, I mean, is that you have, you know, some folks are going to say no, you know, I don't want help. And of course they're going to say no, because these are folks whose last remaining shred of human dignity is their belief that they can take care of themselves or just that they can get by with a little help from their friends. And they're not going to, the first time or two that you say, oh yeah, I've got something great for you. They're going to say, yeah, right. They've seen rents go up 75% in five years. They know what, how hard it is. And they're saying, hey, you know, I don't see a pathway there. 
why why should I do all of this work when I you know it's just gonna crash out again and I'll be gonna be back here again so it people need to have have real hope that there is a pathway out and so how this works you can see with the five cities cabins for change where you know they started those you know 20 cabins and people said mm, folks might not want to do this they might not want help but people did want help and, still and they do. started with the ones who would say yes mm -hmm. and they have a 70 80 percent rate with success rate with their initial group in getting people into permanent housing and what that means is that the other folks who used to hang out around you know little campfires that they shouldn't have or you know in tent areas or whatever congregate with with those folks now see them healthier happier clean well-dressed work boots on for the job that they've got now that they're proud of you know and and living in a place where they can start to store some tools for a handyman business on the side or be able to see their grandchildren and those kinds of successes are very powerful both uh, in terms of the folks that used to hang out with them outdoors um, and also in terms of the police who have responded again and again and again and again to calls involving these folks and now see their former regular customers doing great and not eliciting any calls for service from the police department or the nine or, or the fire department so all of that is a powerful witness that then causes a few other folks to say i think that might be a nice idea them you know and it gets cold and wet out there and it gets um you know people have difficulty managing their health problems and the idea of maybe having a more stable life begins to be more attractive and they start to see that if you do the work and that there's a there's a pathway for you to come back to a life that might work better than what you're doing now and so that's you know that that encouragement of the example is why the waiting list last time i checked with Jana nichols the waiting list on the cabins and the and the Balake, uh program was now over 200 people i think it was sure. about 220 almost and it's because folks who are out there say i want that and that is the most powerful testimony um for you know folks who say nobody's for in people in the community who believe that we can't ever do anything on homelessness that it just it's a really difficult problem it feels insurmountable but we can get things done um, an example two of that um, is veteran homelessness in this county um, a few years back when they first made a complete list name by name by name of all the homeless veterans in the county there were 300 names on that list you know how many homeless veterans there are now in slow county no less than 20. that's because of a really concerted effort at all levels of government to get veterans housing to not leave them abandoned out there on the streets well, the veterans have preference at housing authority. Right. There are veteran preferences. Yes. The federal government has been willing to invest in project vouchers to house veterans. 
So the, and that kind of thing, which says if you make the intention to make this possible, you can live up to those commitments. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Susan Funk, fifth district supervisor candidate. And we're talking right now about homelessness. So let's say we have 300 people living outside. Do we have 300 apartments ready for them? Not yet, but we're working on it. So other than the one, other than Pismo Terrace, which already, from my understanding, already is going to be full and there's a waiting list for it. Any other places in the county that are building a structure of that magnitude for the homeless? Uh, there are structures being built all over the county. Some of them exclude, not necessarily exclusively for folks who are homeless, but also to prevent people from becoming homeless. So we've got 70 beds of low-income senior housing under construction here in Atascadero. Um, we just, I just tended the uh, ribbon cutting for new units that people self-help housing did. I think there were 40 um, or 44 units in that project um, near Broad Street, near Tank Farm Road. Yes. Uh, real nice units there. Uh, some of those units were reserved for veterans. Several of those units were revert. Uh, reserved for adults with developmental disabilities or intellectual uh, deficits um, and come with the supports that help them be successful in the community. Well, yes, you have to have social services nearby. Yeah. That's it's how it's a, going to work. Right. It, the, this is where, um, where I say that the housing has to be integrated with services because if you just offer housing and you don't have any services to help people succeed there. Um, people tend to fall back out of, of homelessness because of whatever challenges there were that had them unhoused in the first place. So it's a plan for failure if you don't have, have any kind of supportive services attached. And then you also, but if you just have the services and don't have any housing to offer, you're just handing out socks. May I ask before we take a break, do we have a water issue in San Luis Obispo County? Yes. Do you have an, a water issue within the fifth district that is more so than any of the other districts? Uh, yes. The fifth district has some areas that are doing great on water, like the Atascadero groundwater basin is in very good shape, but also parts of the dis fifth district, like Creston area, um, are in the Paso Robles groundwater basin. And that basin is really challenged right now because there are there's quite a bit more usage than there is, you know, recharge of the groundwater basin. So the groundwater levels are going down, 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 down over time. I mean, you get a good year and they'll come back up a little bit, but over time, but the, you know, the long-term trend is steadily downward and we've got to reverse that in order to keep all of those properties viable so that people don't lose their drinking water um, in a, in a dry year. Well, people are saying now, oh, the rain's going to save us. And I'm thinking that's an interesting way to look at a, at a water problem that is um, not something that you can see. You're going to bank on the rain saving us. Uh, no, the rain, the rain won't, the rain won't save us in the long term. If you're gradually, if, if every year in every that is not so wet, you're using more groundwater than that gets put in. The geology of groundwater depends, you know, varies from basin to basin, and some of them are sandy or like a test barrel in a good year, recharges it nicely, but not so much. 
Newcastle. And ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Susan Funk, and we'll be right back to continue this conversation. Thank you. This is the Pismo Beach Today Show. This is the Pismo Beach Today Show on News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 KVEC. Stay tuned for more with your host, Anita Shower, next. Beach Today Show on News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 KVEC. Here's your host, Anita Shower. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for waiting for us. This is the Pismo Beach Today Show. And with us today, we have Susan Funk, who is running for 5th District Supervisor for San Luis Obispo County. And we want to thank Dr. Electric, Miss Etiquette, Diamond Jewelry and Loan, Jim Dritzis, Bruce Van Vork, the Comp Dental Group. Pismo Dice, Sierra Body Shop, a Royal Grandy Home and Garden, Doug McMillan, The Natural Toolbox with Roxy Buchanan, Couts' Chevron, Elizabeth Head Insurance Services, Brenda Our Real Estate, Splash Cafe, The Grocery Outlet in a Royal Grande, Kevin 76 Station, Pismo Beach, and Kristen Becker. Thank you very much. So here we are talking with Gosh, I really applaud all you who run for office. Fifth District Supervisor candidate, uh, Ms. Funk. Why are you running? I'm running because I'm the right person to serve the community in this job at this time. I've really seen the need for leaders who can bring people together to solve problems and make the county actually function to serve people and not just to sit around and hope that things will get better on their own. We have some significant challenges in the county, um, including with housing so that young people can build a future here, um, as well as housing for people to get out of the, um, <clears throat> off the streets and out of the parks and, and creeks. But, and we have challenges in, in our water basin, as we were just mentioning, yes. uh, <clears throat> that, that limit the ability for the future. So working on those areas, and we need to maintain our public safety and our roads and infrastructure. Those things are essential to us having a good life and a good future here for people and for their children. So when you're walking around your, your proposed district, do you find that people are happy with public safety? Uh, people are, generally feel safe in their neighborhoods with the exception of neighborhoods that are heavily impacted by homelessness. And that's where we really need to work on, <clears throat> on making safety in the neighborhoods. So the people are happy with the response that the police and fire give them when the, when the need arises, correct? In most areas of, of my district, when you ask people their, their concerns at the door, um, I hear a lot more about people being worried that they're for instance, their adult children still live with them because they can't afford housing here. Yeah, that would and, be a concern. You know that you know that is, that kind of issue, um, as opposed to, uh, or people worrying about how they're going to be able to pay the bills and and pay the rents as they rise, uh, more so than uh, being worried about somebody breaking in or nine one one not being there. We do have to look to fire response in our rural areas. Um, and emergency response uh, in areas outside of the city. 
let everyone know which areas does the fifth district encompass fifth district is a is a really uh, interesting district in the center of the county because you know it's centered to the east because it's covers from uh, parts of san luis obispo marsh street and up uh, and areas so basically areas around cal poly and san luis obispo high school goes up the 101 through santa margarita concludes all of the tascadero um, goes out east at that point off of El Pomar Road in Temple 10 and up Union Spring Road, uh, picks up Brown Squirrel Hollow up near rural Paso, and then basically goes east in parallel lines to the Kern County line, including Creston, Pozo, California Valley, the Carrizo Plains National Monument. When you so it's a big up, district. When you travel to Creston and... Um and Pozo and the Carissa Plains. Are people happy to see you? Do they know who you are? Do they know what district they are in? Well, they're happy that somebody's paying attention to them. Right. I have been going to the, the Crescent Advisory Body for month after month after month. And there were months that I was the only person there that was sort of from the county, if you will. There was, you know, the current supervisor wasn't there and their staff wasn't there, county planning and building wasn't there, but I was there because I cared. And I listened and we built a relationship uh, of understanding, you know, what that community needs. Because I want to see that each community in this district gets what it needs to thrive. It's an interesting district, Anita, where essentially you have one foot in the land of cattle ranches and vineyards and one foot in the land of bike lanes and brew pubs. And the needs are different. And for me, that's a valuable thing to bring into the board of supervisors is a, is a supervisor who is listening to all of those different constituencies and areas, because this is not a zero sum game. We, th we thrive in this County when each community gets what it needs and they're not, not necessarily in competition with each other. No, I would think that they would really be holding hands because even though they have differences, they're, they're alike. Yeah, right. There, there are a lot of things that, that everybody needs to be able to uh, feel safe and everybody wants their grandchildren to have to be raised in the community. If that's if that's possible, you want to see your kids have opportunities. People want to see our small businesses thrive uh, in each part of the, the county. Um, and they're proud of the agriculture that we have and the ag tourism and the, the wineries um, that are wonderful and the you know, longer cattle ranching tradition that's here. Well, but that's how much uh, Paso Robles has changed, correct? It's gone from agriculture and the land to agritourism. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's a large scale. Right. From cattle ranching to hip camps. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big transition. Uh, and if we're attentive to how do we use that, the key is to have that not destroy the small town culture that works in many of our communities. Uh, you, that's something in Atascadero we've taken real care to preserve that small town feel and to do things that work for residents so that we have, have events that are great for families. And tourists will come too because they want an authentic experience. But it's really having that chance for, for people to come enjoy each other as part of a single community whether they have a lot of money that day or they don't, you know, you can come enjoy the bands. Um, and, you know, the ones who have, 
have you know a little more will buy popcorn for their friends you know that's we share share that and enjoy experiences together that bond us as a community and help us remember when times can get contentious that we're this is our neighbors and our friends and we're in it together do you attend uh, supervisor meetings the, the meetings with the supervisors or are you able to zoom with them for some reason or another are you on any committees with any of the other supervisors um i i attend uh, a fair number of meetings of, of the supervisors to speak on various topics i chair the, the countywide homeless services oversight council which uh has a supervisor don Ortiz leg on it um and work extensively with her i also worked extensively with her and Supervisor Prashong in working on the homeless plan um, because I wanted to have um, supervisors with different constituencies and perspectives uh, to work on that. And, and I think that if the, it's helpful with the fifth district. You've got a supervisor with one foot on each side of one of the most important commuting relationships in the county, which is Cal Poly to Atascadero. That's right. People don't think about that, but you know, it's that's a really important thing and we've got two significant communities san luis obispo and atascadero that have big housing jobs balance issues that are complementary so you know two sides of the same coin where um, atascadero has a lot of housing and everybody's commuting out of the community to to go to work and you have san luis obispo that everybody goes into they have jobs but nobody could afford to live there. So they're all living elsewhere. And this creates traffic issues. And part of the key to solving some of our transportation problems is over time to have not, not just to build more roads, but to create ways that people can stay closer to home for to live and work and shop in the same area uh, so that they're not dependent on going back and forth on the 101 every day. Well, we need satellite businesses from the main business. Exactly. So we we have things like I just talked with an entrepreneur with a uh, company that <clears throat> called Story Labs that is moving his business from San Luis Obispo to Atascadero because he and his partners live in Atascadero. And wouldn't it be nice to be closer to home? And that's the kind of thing we can do to so and support local businesses to grow. Your sponsors include, you know, lots of interesting local businesses. Yes. Um, and this is something we support in each area that creates good futures in our community, but it also binds our community together. We're, we have distinctive communities and not just cookie cutter suburbs that you could find anywhere. Well, yes. When you mention, just mention Creston, people will say five or six wonderful things about Creston. The last thing that was said on the radio about was about Creston was that Creston does not have a grocery store and they have to go to Pastor Robles to go shopping. And I thought, well, that I don't find that to be a negative. How many of us live right next to a grocery store anyway? Right. Uh, you have to have enough population to support certain things. That's, That's true. actually but that points to an issue that we find in, in planning for development where folks are looking for where they're going to live and they're not uh, you know for neighborhood environments and sometimes the planning forgets to consider the neighborhood supporting commercial that you want to have so there are places that, 
a development in the Tascadero. There's one, you can see that it with in the arguments around trilogy in, in Napomo, where space residential was developed and say, we're going to have this nice commercial space here and you can go get the, you know, get yourself a beer or an ice cream cone with your kids and, you know, or maybe pick up a bag of salad to take home. And the, the developments weren't planned with enough population density surrounding that commercial for the commercial to work. So the commercials never happened. So we have to plan these things together to create neighborhoods that can support the kinds of neighborhood supporting commercial developments that we want to have there. So when, when you're traveling around your district, do you see a lot of empty buildings that could be transformed into housing? Um, there are some empty buildings that could be transformed into housing. Uh, in Atascadero, we, we, we see that um, in some of our strip malls. Um, not that necessarily they're empty, but you know, there's more turnover there that you would like. And we, and we see some potential for clustering the businesses a little bit more and doing more mixed use development. So That's it's not key. so much turning it into housing as it is, is building up and allowing housing to be on the upper floors. Yes, and we're, that, we're that doing a lot of that in the Tascadero, and it's working very well. Come see La Plaza. You've got ground floor, uh, commercial developments, restaurants, uh, and a rooftop bar. Uh, and then you've got two floors of, of residential. Is that across it. from a city hall? Is yeah. That the, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just beautiful. Yes. So you can do really quality stuff that adds to the, the neighborhood. And so now I see people in the evening walking through the sunken gardens, walking their dogs and, and enjoying the space. And it, it makes the space more welcoming. It creates customers for local businesses to be able to thrive. And so it, it's a self-reinforcing positive cycle. And this is the kind of leadership that we need to have in, you know, to help our each community get what it needs to thrive. Tell me about infrastructure. And I understand it's it's something that we have to take care of. Redoing, upgrading infra infrastructure is very expensive, but we have to do it, correct? Correct. And a lot of the money that um, updates infrastructure, uh, we do get from federal and, and state uh, programs because it is so costly to, to do infrastructure. Uh, and do we but, have people to work on that infrastructure? Are we equipped that way with that kind of a population of workers? We have a lot of workers here who are in the building trades uh, and, and who work, a lot of them live in Atascadero. Uh, we have operating engineers. We have, you know, the, the, I met a grandma who's a, a apprentice with the operating engineers and she became an operating engineer to, to drive those big trucks because um, she was in a caregiver position that was never going to pay her enough money to keep herself afloat and her, and a grandchild afloat. And so she said, operating engineers taught me to drive everything big and yellow. <laughs> <laughs> and she's, she's driving big yellow trucks out there on the, uh, on the 46 out outside at the intersection of the 41 and the 46 um, out there and <clears throat> out past Shannon. Uh, to to make that intersection safer, but we have we have people to do this work in the area, and businesses that do this work, um, and we always need to train more. 
but here's when we focus on on not just one job a job here and a job here but how do we make sure we are doing local hiring so that we can build careers for people that's how we are able to have the workforce we need for this work and when we when we encourage local hiring that money stays in the community and that's people right. come back and they buy essential oils at your sponsors place or they come back and and take their kids to get ice cream from the machine that's you know. right and in, and that money then continues to cycle in the community when we hire workers uh to you know bring their from uh, fresno who come in to park their rvs at the elks lodge for the week and then go home that money all goes somewhere else well we have to uh sometimes just change our focus a little bit don't we yeah we have to think about think long term and think about the value of that investment that we're making um, in our community. Do you think the high schools are preparing students for work? Or are they simply preparing students to move on to more schooling? And what, what do you value as more important? Well, I want to have both pathways available. Uh, we, I want to see our high schools. And, and, and it varies from which school and which system, how well they're doing. Um, we have a lot of great apprenticeship programs through Cuesta College and students who can do college work while they are in high school. And that's not just about academia. That's also about learning to weld or, you know, other kinds of, of skilled work. Um, the arts are also really um, valuably supported through Cuesta. We have great apprenticeship through programs through that are run by a combination of trade unions and the employers who use those workers and overseen. And so whether it's electrical workers or pipe fitters um, or that's right or, or carpenters, there are lots of opportunities for kids who want to do work with their hands to do something that is really valuable. You know, and, and, as well and, as kids who want to thrive academically and, and can get that start uh, at Cuesta and then move on to a four-year university. Now, does Cuesta have a satellite in uh, Tascadero or is the satellite in Paso Robles? The satellite is in Paso Robles for the North County. Is that good enough for North County? You don't need a little satellite in a Tascadero? It's hard to have functional campuses in, little, in a whole scattering of little satellites because inevitably there's something that the student needs that's not at the satellite campus if, it, if the satellites are too small. Okay. So uh, I, we have not had a big push for a satellite campus at Cuesta uh, in Atascadero, nor do we, nor do we really have a, a good space to accommodate that. It just seems when you're driving on 101 and you're going through Atascadero and there are eight exits that you have plenty of room for everything. <laughs> well, we, we do have gas stations as our number one source of sales tax revenue. <laughs> has something to do with those eight intersections. Well, you also have uh, the most beautiful trees that anybody could ever imagine in your city. We do. I mean, other than the zoo, which is, you know, terrific, you have trees that you have trees that no one else has ever seen before. I don't know how they just pop up there. Well, we have beautiful trees and we value that. We have uh, Tascadero Lake and that's a special environment. Come And whenever the lake gets stocked with fish, 
Yes. Somehow the pelicans get on the schedule and they all come in and say, oh, let's just serve. <laughs> There's this fleet of pelicans that go moving around each other. <laughs> and I know che that checking I, out the options. I know that people always complain during the rain. Well, look at all the potholes. Well, well, that's just part of the rain. What what can we do about that? I know that you're a real proponent for fixing that. But potholes have to go on a schedule. Do they go on the schedule with the city or with the county of San Luis Obispo? Well, it depends on where the road is. Very good. <laughs> okay. So you you gotta gotta fix the puddles, and you also have to be aware that of frequently fixing up the roads following storms requires asphalt work, and it has the you actually have to have things dry enough to be able to have the asphalt stick. After the, the January storms last year, uh, the city was going out and fixing potholes, and nothing would stick because didn't dry. Yeah, it, it was. It just wasn't right. Cold patch didn't work. Hot patch, nothing was going to work. You know, so they ended up dropping uh, extra rocks into potholes to sort of make it not quite such a big drop, uh, and waiting for the conditions to be right to actually be able to fix the road. And that was really frustrating for a lot of folks. But what can you do? Also, uh, the the storms created so much damage that was urgent for repair that it was very hard for us to get our routine maintenance work done on streets because the contractors were all super busy and you know that's that kind of a spike in, in workload you know we don't have the the workforce for locally because you you're not going to have you know, you're just not going to have that uh steady a level of work uh, but it did mean that people were frustrated waiting for their road to get addressed. It's like it's on the schedule, but it's, you know, pushing back in there. Uh, and and we also had to take care that the taxpayer money was being spent well and not dive in, in to say we're going to pay super, a, a super high price just because there weren't too many bidders on a project. That's so right. you know, we had to go back and rebid another project because the price was just way too high. And by waiting, waiting a little later and dividing the work up a little bit more so that different companies could be involved when it worked for them, we were able to get a better price and a better deal for the taxpayers on that money. And then how do you prepare yourself to read a, a document on Friday that's 500 pages that you have to have a say-so on on Tuesday morning? How do you prepare for that? I work over the weekend <laughs> and read those. But, you know, we're dealing with that all the time. Uh, and sometimes the 500 page document has a lot of boilerplate and you got to focus on a particular thing. And sometimes it's a much smaller document that need, where every single line needs a lot of careful attention. So I do my homework. Um, and that includes things uh, because it like the housing and infrastructure plan that came up from uh, REACH and, and SLOCOG, that, uh, these interactive groups that are working regionally um, and, and it was supposed to be about getting supporting affordable housing with with uh, infrastructure to uh, to give to support it and it wasn't about affordability at all it was just about any old housing it was about projects that weren't even connected to housing and poutings were in different parts of town from the housing it was supposedly helping you know six or seven miles away it's not going to do a thing uh, and so I actually dove into the appendix, figured out how they deconstructed it, talked with a supervisor, talked with uh, another 
a, a council member who was on, on this committee, try to figure out how this was done and, and then came back with, with extensive corrections to the methodology uh, to go over. Because among other things, they split an Atascadero wastewater project into two parts and the part that has to get done later was cheaper. So they said, that's the top priority one. And we will, you know, and then the other one can come later. And I said, had to point out to them that this is like saying that we're going to, because building the second story of the house is cheaper, we're only going to build the second story and maybe the first one will happen later. Not, (laughs) it just didn't make any sense at all, but it requires a lot of homework to be attending to those details to make sure that to hold staff accountable for doing what it is that we want them to do and make sure that government actually serves people in the community. You're prepared for this, I see. I do this work as a council member and I am prepared to do this work as a county to make sure that we have accountable, transparent and responsive government uh, in our community and that we deal with the things like, you know, from affordable housing to homelessness, from roads to safe neighborhoods, uh, to clean water and open space and protective reproductive rights here in our county, all of that to make government that's really responsive to people so that people and their kids can have a better future here. And we want to thank Dr. Electric, Miss Etiquette, Diamond Jewelry and Loan, Jim Dritzis, Bruce Van Vork, the Comp Dental Group, Pismo Dice, Sierra Body Shop, Royal Grandy Home and Garden, Doug McMillan, the Natural Toolbox, Couts's Chevron, Elizabeth Head Insurance Services, Brenda Our Real Estate, Splash Cafe, Grocery Outlet in Royal Grande, Kevin 76 Station in Pismo Beach, and Kristen Becker. Thank you very much. How's Jim Lewis these days? He's doing great. <laughs> we we are happy in Atascadero to have stolen him back from you. Yeah, thank Beach. you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. But we we only lent him to you in the first place. He's an Atascadero resident. He is raising his family there. We lent him to you for a while, but we wanted him back. Well, he's he is missed, and I, I will send my very best to him. I, I'm sure. And I want to thank you for this opportunity and uh, and the chance to talk with readers, listeners in, in your broad area, because everybody in the county has a stake in the five supervisors That's that right. make decisions for the county. Well, they have to work together. And if you're in one part, hopefully the other four are going to see exactly what it is that you need, correct? Correct. It's and, no and that's fighting. Really, yeah, it's also it's where my countywide work on homelessness really helps me understand what's going on in uh, in Pismo and Grover and Napomo and Paso and San Miguel, as well as in the fifth district. Well, we Grover Beach has now really become the strongest of all of the cities regarding homelessness. And uh, we're very proud of that. And we're very proud of Jana Nichols, of course. And we want to thank you very much for joining us and hope that you'll join us again as we go forward and give us a little more of your opinions and um, see if we can find you at the finish line. Yeah, thank you. So I hope folks will check out funkforslowco.com and that we can have our next conversation with me as a supervisor-elect. And would you have a phone number that people may have? Um, What's the best way to get in touch with you? Okay, so um, best way is really to go to funkforslowco.com or vote Susan Funk at 
gmail.com. That's terrific. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. We had Susan Funk on the show today, and we'll talk to all of you next week. Thank you and goodbye. You've been listening to the Fismo Beach Today Show with Anita Shower on News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 KVEC. For comments, questions, and to hear this broadcast in its entirety, find the podcast at 920kvec.com. The 920 KVEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.